Hey guys, this is Kyle Klammer here. And this is Zach Welch. And this, this is, is Harlan Welch along with Zach. Yeah. Hey Harlan. And this is The Good Life Bow Hunter, the official podcast for the NBA. It's good to be back. As Harlan said, we got Harlan uh, Welch also here with us this evening. We're um I guess just kinda we're doing this over Zoom, so this is kinda new for us. So um I guess if everybody would sort of be a little bit patient with us um as we yeah first time this. using this if you hear any weird sound effects or anything it's just trying to get things figured out i've noticed even for classes and stuff this doesn't always go as planned so bear with us yeah definitely um but yeah um i guess just to kind of start things off like i said got harlan here with us as well so thanks for joining us harlan you bet i'm glad to be here um, Zach, do you have any NBA announcements or anything you just want to touch on while we're while we're um, going over things, I guess? No, not that I know of. You know, we had our banquet, and this is our first one we're kind of getting to record since then. So I guess, you know, the banquet I thought went really well. Um, it's good to see everybody there. And, you know, like I said, this is our first podcast we've recorded since then, since all this crazy stuff has happened. But I guess one announcement is there is – a meeting that'll be a teleconference a week from today, which will be uh, April 20th. So if you have anything you want to say to, you know, one of your area reps or board members, let them know before the meeting if anything's concerning you. So other than that, not much. Yep, for sure. Sounds good. Well, thanks for the update, man. Um, yeah, I guess we just wanted to kind of, I don't know, open things up and, um yeah we're just gonna talk a little turkey hunting today is that right zach yeah sounds good to me perfect well you guys have already had some pretty good success so why don't you just you know let's just jump in with that let's talk about some hunts yeah we uh we had probably our best opening week we've ever had i think we killed i, I would say <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was great. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Oh, oh no, no worries. We uh we had a good friend out from Colorado that had planned on coming a few months ago, and so he came out and his wife texted him his first day of hunting and said, "You better get back as soon as you can because they they were there was talk they might shut down the borders, they were limiting travel and stuff." So it was kind of a push there the first couple days we hunted to kill some birds and. I forgot how many we killed. We hunted, we uh, hunted, we kind of just scouted opening day, didn't really hunt. We waited for Will to get here. We hunted Thursday through Sunday. And how many birds did we kill? Did we end up with a dozen? I I think think 12. I think think 12 total. Yep. Wow. That's awesome. There was a few of us hunting, but everybody, Zach and I tagged out and our buddy from Colorado tagged out, Matt Gideon, he came along, whacked a couple. And, and so we just had a, and then, um, Jade hunted. Yep. And then yep. Jade Eagle and, and we've had some, a couple great hunts since then, but tell you what, you talk to a lot of people throughout the state and they talk about their bird numbers being down a bit. And I think we're kind of fortunate up in this area because even as wet as it was last spring, we had a couple good hatches over the last two years, and we've seen some areas where I'd say our bird population has almost doubled in the last couple of years because we'd had four or five down years as well, 
and just seemed like there were a ton of Jakes last year and also mm -hmm. this year. So yep. a lot of two-year-olds running around, which makes for good turkey hunting. So, oh, yeah. No, I, I remember even last fall thinking, um, you know, over on our place, like I, I, we rarely see turkeys in the fall and winter, it seems like, and there was a couple pretty decent um, groups of, you know, hens and poults hanging around. And I was thinking, yeah, I bet there's going to be, I haven't had a chance to get up there yet, but I was thinking, I bet there's going to be some pretty good turkey hunting this year. But <laughs> Yeah, it was good. And as early as it was, man, we had good, you know, good response from birds. I mean, we got several setups to where we had birds that broke away from the main flocks and came in and then others to where nice sized flocks came right into the decoys with the hens. And so it just, it was like Zach said, one of our, probably one of our best opening weeks. Yeah. Um, why don't you guys, uh, you know, I was thinking about this before I was calling. Um, could you guys just talk a little bit? I know you, you, you guys kind of hunt sort of varying um, terrain as far as, you know, you're, you're hunting out, you know, on some, some bigger shelter belts versus in the canyons. Um, do you want to just talk a little bit about, you know, strategy as far as sort of approaching different terrains with the turkeys and, and what you guys like to do? How do you, how do you sort of approach that? And maybe just touch on that a little, if that, if that makes sense. Well, I think, you know, the biggest mistake that a lot of people make is they get set up and have no clue which direction those birds are going. We usually try to, to watch those birds if we have an opportunity, see where they're wanting to go and try to circle around and get in front of them. Yeah. Um, it's always tough to call them back from where they've been, you know, so if it's always to your advantage, whether you're in the canyons or if you're out in the middle of the sand hills on a shelter belt, mm -hmm. if you can get set up to you know, to where they want to go, it makes the game that much easier. And one thing about hunting early birds that we found is you can't call too much. These birds at that time of year haven't been called. They're not call shy. And if you're going to get birds to come from a flock, Matt and I, the one morning, we heard several birds up this ridge. And I mean, we had three or four calls going every couple minutes. And Finally, we got a gobble behind us, and the biggest bird we killed all week came in all by himself, had broke away from the flock, and we killed him. And I guarantee you, if we just let out a yelp every 10, 15 minutes, we'd have had no prayer pulling that bird. So, yeah. you know, if you can sound like another flock that time of year, because they are bunched up for the most part, and if you can sound like another flock, sometimes that can be, you know, your biggest advantage. So. Sure. Sure. But one thing about canyons is, you know, you it's it's easier to, you know, whether you got little flats or you have a field maybe, you know, anytime you can get set up there to where it gives the bird a visual when they come out and see the decoys, that a lot of times is what brings them on in. So we try to get set up to where they, it, you know, it gives the bird a little bit of a chance to see the decoys from a few hundred yards sometimes so yeah you know and one thing about down when we go and hunt sandhills birds in the shelter belts is it makes it a lot easier just because you're hunting smaller plots and and they're limited on cover and that 
And if they're going from one grove to another, sometimes you can circle around easy and get set up where they're going. So that's always kind of a run and gun deal, which makes it kind of fun, you know, to where sometimes canyons, you're set up on them fields and you're sitting there for, you know, longer periods of time, just letting out yelps and that waiting for something to pass through. Yeah, that, and I, I would also say a big mistake that people, I've, I've seen a ton of people make it, and you, I mean, I, I've made it before too, is setting up too close to the roost. I mean, no matter where you're hunting, in the hills or in fields, if you set up under the roost where they can see it, 99% of the time they're going to fly down and be out of range before you even get a shot at, at you know, get a shot at them, and not only that, you're not going to be able to call them back in after they know you're there. So that, that's a huge thing that I think a lot of people make mistakes on is setting right up under the roost when they think that the birds are going to fly straight down and be in their decoys. You know, that's a common misconception I think a lot of people have. Yeah. And that's one thing we try to avoid, especially early when they are bunched, is setting up close to the roost, whether it be in the evening or in the morning, just because once you bust them birds from that roost, a lot of times they up and pull camp and they're headed out and they'll roost somewhere else you know and yeah. on the other hand if you can pick those birds off in a transition going to or from you know sometimes you can you can kill several birds over a period of days you know from the same flock if you just don't mess with them on the on the roost so we try to stay away from that occasionally we'll have a bird with you know well, perfect example was the other day we took Maddie out and we'd scouted a bird that had seven hens, I think, mm -hmm. right? And we knew where they were going to roost and there was one tom there. And so we were like, you know what, let's set up right there, catch them in transition 150, 200 yards from the roost. And, and we sat there for an hour before a bird popped up about 300 yards and here they came right in. So well, that's usually the exception if we know there's only like one bird that we're hunting but yeah um you know you you harlan you mentioned decoys um in in my experience you know when i when we first when i first started turkey hunting and you know going with my dad and stuff you know we kind of had those old you know fold up foam decoys and um, in, in my experience recently, you know, in the last oh, five to 10 years, they've really come out with some, you know, really good decoys. And I, I personally, and this is just <clears throat> my opinion, but, um, you know, I, I, I feel like that makes just an incredible difference. Um, having, having good decoys. Um, and I, I, not only just because I think the birds respond better to them and, and, and come in, but also because I think it takes a lot of the attention off of you. I mean, I know that uh, the place I used to hunt and hunt by Omaha, um, you know, when I was living over on the eastern part of the state, I mean, I, I didn't even use a blind because it was it was too far to walk in, and so I didn't even take a blind with me. And I mean, they would just come in and key on those decoys and didn't even pay really any attention to me. Um, so I don't know if you guys have had similar experiences. If you have any thoughts on that, but um, I just want I have yeah. strong feelings that you want to use the the best decoys you can get you yeah. know yep. when you're talking decoy quality i mean there's several good ones out there i mean personally i like the dsds i also my all-time favorite is one that matt gideon is a stuffer it's a mounted decoy yeah and uh he mounted a couple of hens and a, and a jake 
and I can't even imagine how many birds we've killed over that. Yeah. That week. I mean, in the hundreds, probably. Yeah. Without the amount of guys that we've taken that that thing's pulled in. But, you know, it makes a big difference. And the one thing, Kyle, back in the day, you know, we used to use those foam ones and that, and that's what there was available. Sure. No, exactly. And not a lot of people even use decoys back then. Now everybody's using decoys. So, they can get a little bit decoy shy and it's like the better, the more quality decoy you have, the better off you are. So yep. I'm a huge advocate for spending the extra money to get, get the better decoys. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned, you know, you can't really call too much as far as during the, during the early season, you know, I, I know you guys hunt turkeys a lot and have, have killed a lot of turkeys. Um, you know, if we, as we're progressing a little bit along in the turkey season, do you want to, you guys just want to talk about how, you know, how your strategy changes as the season gets a little bit older, what, what you, you know, if you, if you change what you're doing or how, how do you sort of approach that, I guess? You know what? We usually all always have a Jake decoy, and there have been times later in the season to where we pulled that. But I, I really am a firm believer in having the Jake decoy. But when we get later on and these birds have been called, they've been pressured, that's when we'll back off. I usually don't call. I call as much as the birds that you're working. So if you have a hen that'll yelp once or twice, I'll yell, I'll yelp once or twice. If you get her to answer, you can keep going. If not, I just sit there and be quiet because it's like some people think, you know, every time that you hear a gobble, if you just keep calling, well, sometimes that's nothing more than a shock gobble too. So it's like if he's not getting any closer and that, I think that's the biggest thing is pay attention to what the birds are doing and how they're reacting to your calling in that but we call a lot less the later we get try to scout out see where those birds are going and then try to set up so you're on a pattern at least you know but like you say sometimes you get late in the year when you have them wandering toms that are out there from 11 to 1 2 o'clock after the hens are on nest sometimes all it takes is one yelp and they're on the run in, you know? Yeah. So that's always a fun time of year when you get into that latter part of April and first week of May. I mean, that can be some exciting hunting, but you know, I always just try to react to whatever, you know, they're, they're responding to. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. Um, you know, I know we mentioned, you know, kind of, as far as turkey numbers, um, we've been pretty fortunate, like you said, up in the north central part of the state. It seems like we still have pretty good bird numbers, but um, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on as far as why we're seeing less in other parts of the state or even across the country? I guess I was listening to a podcast, um, you know, I guess last week, um, just about talking about that, and I didn't know if you guys had any insight to that or what's your thoughts were well it seems like the western half of the state i mean it was even mentioned at the nba meeting how the western half you know out in scott's bluff region and you know even down in the southwest corner of the state they're not having near the turkeys and i think a big part of it is predators um yeah yep 
I don't know. It, it seems like there's maybe a little more cover around here for him to get away from predators compared to the western part of the state. I, I don't know. I think predators are a big part of it. Um, I don't know. What's your thoughts? I, I heard about that turkey podcast with the biologist. I didn't get a chance to listen to it. Um, you know, they were talking about disease a little bit, but haven't really looked into that too much. Um, yeah, no, I definitely, they, they cited predators as, as one of the, um, one of the main factors for sure. And I, I don't think you can discount that at all. And I think that's, I think that has a huge uh, part of it. I mean, the main thing they talked about was, you know, they'd seen a direct correlation um, as far as, um, well, not, I shouldn't say a direct correlation, but um, uh, they, as far as fur prices, the amount of predators, um, and the number of turkeys on the landscape, it seemed like the, the lower the fur prices, the more predators you have. Um, and then, you know, conversely you're going to see declining turkey populations over time but yeah and i mean coon skunks and possums are some of your main ones around here as far as getting nest sure and uh and geez there is a pile of raccoons around and like you say when they're where they're paying two to five bucks for them yep there's not a lot of people that are spending the time out there to to trap them and that sort of thing but you know, and I think another big thing is is cover. Like Zach said, I think you know habitat is a huge thing. Oh, for sure. Comes yeah. to nesting as well, and then we've also had some untimely, you know, weather events the last few years. Whether it be flash floods or whether it be snowstorms late in the spring, that also has a huge impact. And that's why I was kind of surprised in our area how good a hatch we seem to have had but it was kind of weird because you'd see groups of hens to where there'd be 10 or 12 hens with no little ones and then you'd see two or three hens in a group and they each had 10 or 11 so Hmm. it was real spotty but there seemed to be big broods with some of them and if you have two or three hens that throw out a dozen chicks each that does not take long to to recover your popula- population and that's what we've seen in some of our areas around here so yeah no that's 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 good i mean that you know i i remember a couple of things they were talking about on there was just you know the um success rates of of um of nests in general and then even for the bird to to hatch the percent chance that it would get to a year old and then the percent chance that it would you know, get to two is pretty, pretty, uh, surprising, um, and very, um, discouraging <laughs> if you're a turkey hunter, but, right. but, it, but it's good to know that, you know, I mean, like I said, in certain parts, we still have, still have some turkeys, um, and, and they're, they're doing well, they're doing very well. So. But. Yeah, it just it seems to run in cycles for sure. So I yeah. hope that, uh, everywhere this year has a, an upcycle year. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. Um, yeah, I guess uh, Zach. What other what other things? Other thoughts? No, I don't know. Um, I, I'd say about this time of year, mid-April, late April is my favorite time yeah. to hunt them. I I don't have a tag, but it just seems like this time of year, you know, the birds get the most fired up. The weather's a little nicer. Um, 
I'd say right now is the best time to go, in my opinion, anyways. Um, yeah. I agree. I, I've definitely had some really, really fun hunts in late April, early May, for sure, as far as, you know, having birds get fired up. And um, I don't know. I just always, my favorite is just going out and, you know, you sort of get set up somewhere and just start calling and, you hear a gobble and you think, Oh, that bird's quite a ways away, you know? And, and then, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, you, he gobbles again. You think, Oh boy, he's getting a little bit closer, you know? <laughs> and then before long, he's sitting in your lap, which is, yeah. you know, that's just a lot of fun. But yeah. anyway, so actually the other night I took Jake Wilkins out. He came home for Easter with his fiance. I hadn't seen him since, christmas break and he's moving to iowa he said one thing i want to do before i move back to iowa is shoot one last turkey here in nebraska and so i took him out and he uh missed a few times unfortunately we had a group of jakes come in and so we kept sitting there and i was calling and all of a sudden a gobble breaks out behind us and sounded a little kind of a long ways away and so i just let out another yelp and just went silent because they didn't respond all of a sudden you just hear crunching outside the blind jake's looking out the side window and i look out the front and they're right at the decoys at full strut and i, I love when they come in like that i mean oh, you yeah. can it, we were set up on a field out in front of our cabin you know when birds had been coming in there all spring and i don't get me wrong i like doing that setting up where there's lots of birds but when they come in fired up like that you can't beat shooting them i mean when they come in your decoy strutting like that it's it's as fun as it gets yeah definitely it makes it a little it's a whole different experience too when you get them coming in on a line strutting coming right into the decoys i don't know i just always feel like it gives you a not not an edge but just sort of you can you can you kind of have a second to sort of gain your composure and, yeah. and try to try to make the best shot you can i guess but <laughs> exactly. that's why we do it we don't set up to shoot turkeys you know with yep. 40 50 yards getting them in at five yards is what it's all about yeah why we do it um talk about keeping your composure and that we had maddie out the other night and she usually does pretty well and we had a big old tom that we actually thought was going to skirt the decoys the hens ran in 15 yards yelping and then kind of one putted and i don't know if she saw some movement in the blind window or what but kind of skirted around it 15 and the tom was walking at 15 and i was like ah, i'm not gonna ever shoot walking and i thought he was gonna follow and about that time he turned came right to the jake decoy and <laughs> she missed i think at five yards completely oh. and zach's like maddie come on get another arrow on and the tom turned came back to the decoy so she missed again and she's down to her last arrow and Zach's like, just take your time, pick a spot. And well, then she did, she made a pretty decent shot, it looked like. And Arrow was still in him, and he went out there about 40, 50 yards and stood there. And we watched him for about 15 minutes. Of course, Zach and I didn't have tags, so we didn't have our bows, and Maddie was out of arrows. And so we watched this Tom, and he finally walked off, and we found a couple of Maddie's other two arrows. And so we went and looked, and we jumped him. And he flew like 150 yards while we looked until dark. And I had 
meetings the next morning. So Zach and Maddie got up early and went out and looked before Zach's class for a couple hours and had no luck. And I'm sure you probably know Kyle, but I called your dad and said, can you get your dog Bart and go look for a turkey with me? And he said, absolutely. So we took off the afternoon and went out there and we'd spent two hours looking and Bart was hunting hard and we hadn't turned up anything and pretty discouraged because I was like, I know that bird is going to die because it looked like it was back in the gut, you know? And yeah, the last stretch that we were finally hitting and Bart locks up on point and I'm like, Joel, he's locked in over here. And Joel's looking under the tree. And I said, do you see anything? And about that time, the Tom come back busting out the backside and jumped over a big cottonwood and ran in front of me and I'm chasing him. And he flew across the slough back into the other grove and Bart headed that way. And me and Joel proceeded on. And pretty soon we hear that Tom putting and the dogs yelping and here they come running right between us. And that's when I tore after the dog and the Turkey running through cedars and ran right into a, giant cottonwood that had fell over and about knocked myself out in fact I did I woke up and I was on my back looking in the sky and my neck is I I remember hearing it pop when it happened but I finally jumped up and caught up to him about the time that Bart rolled the turkey and so I jumped on him and wrung his neck and your dad come around and was like my gosh what happened you're bleeding and I had a couple pretty good gashes, one on my forehead and my nose. But at that point, I said, who cares? We got him. I We've spent five hours looking for this bird. So it was one of those that you really appreciated Oh yeah, being able to recover. And it really made all the effort worth it because some people say, well, it's just a turkey. But it's like, you know what? The smile on Maddie's face when we got home because she was in class and she was like, oh, I'm so depressed. I had to go clean my room just to get my mind off of it. So yep. she was pretty happy when we showed up and had her bird and, and uh, meat was all good. And, and it was actually your dad's dog, Bart's 10th birthday. So a great way to celebrate his birthday. So yeah, no, that's that one I'll never forget for that sure. That was a great story. That was, as far as turkey hunting stories go, that's one of the better ones I've ever heard. So. Yeah, it was a good one. So, and a great Tom to boot. So, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. That looked like a really nice bird. That was a great, great picture with you all for sure. That was, yeah, good seeing that. So, and Kyle, you talk about, I mean, we've killed a pile of birds and people go, geez, what do you do with all the meat, you know? And uh, one thing about wild turkey, that stuff's about as good as it gets. But I tell you, one thing we did try this year with a couple birds. Our buddy from Colorado talked about doing it, and we uh, boned out the the leg meat, the thighs, and the drums, and the drumsticks, and the and then chunked up the breast and ground it all together, and added a package of bacon. So, and oh. then make turkey burgers. And I tell you what, it was unbelievable. So, really? wow. we've went through a lot of it already. So, just ground the thigh meat right in with the breast and a pound of bacon, and we would end up about seven and a half, eight pounds of turkey per bird and then throw a pound of bacon in with it. And it's something to try. If you ever have any extra meat or whatever, or want to try it, it's excellent. So oh, man, yeah. that, sounds, that sounds great for sure. I'll definitely have to try that actually. Yeah. And it's easy. And, uh, you know, if you have some 
excess turkey meat a good way to utilize it because it's you can use it for about anything even if you don't want a burger you can use it in spaghetti or whatever so yep yeah i know uh i i know zach and i've talked about this before but you know i know a lot of guys um you know just keep the breasts and you know toss toss a lot of the other stuff which um you know i guess is what it is but um but I, I, I always enjoy the thighs and legs and something that I've definitely found uh, um, that works real well too is, um, you know, anybody that is always wondering what, what the heck do I do with these, you know, because they're, especially, I mean, I always feel like a wild turkey, especially a drumstick is, you know, yeah, you just really got to find a, find a, the proper way to cook that or, or you're going to be in trouble, but, um, but definitely slow cooking it for a long time um and man those tendons and stuff they just like you can just come out apart oh man you can just pick them out out oh man yeah phenomenal yeah you can do whatever you want with it then you can make tacos you can make a soup with it you could you know do whatever you want at that point but it it works it's excellent we throw it in the crock pot all day exactly yep about like roast beef yeah exactly no it's it's phenomenal stuff for sure. So, but, uh, definitely. Well, um, well, yeah, I guess, uh, anything else guys, I think we kind of covered it for the most part. And, you know, um, it'll be interesting to what hunter hunting numbers are like this spring, you know, yeah. Nebraska game and parks actually just shut off non-residents. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had a if you'd previously purchased a permit as a non-resident you can still come but they shut off any new um licenses and that and you know and not just that but i'm sure there's a lot of residents that are not going to be traveling around so it will be interesting to see what the turkey harvest numbers as well as the hunters in the field numbers look like so i'm sure it's going to have an impact yeah I agree. It, you know, it's also kind of interesting, it, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, declining turkey numbers in certain areas, but, you know, I, I feel like a guy, uh, you know, if you step back and sort of think about this for a minute, it would, would seem to me that um, I would imagine that we're probably going to have a good year because, I mean, just as far as like decrease hunter numbers which is i'm assuming what you were getting at harlan and then um you know i would i would think that um like you said less people traveling across the state and less hunters in the field i would imagine our turkey numbers are going to be up for the next few years for sure but i I could be wrong but that would just be my guess yeah i know you know most of the guys that i've seen been out in the field have had good luck you know yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, like Tom Nauman, there, there's a, a common name at the top of the list that always yeah. is good, and he's hunted some other states as well, and looks like, but it seems like in general, you know, a lot of the guys that we run with and talk with regularly have all had, you know, pretty good success, so. Yep, yep, just a matter of putting in the time and getting out there, so. That's the name of the game. Yep. Just like anything, right? Yeah, exactly. For sure. Um, all right. Well, anything else? I don't think so. No, I think we're right. really well covered. 
Yeah, well, thanks again, Harlan, for, for joining us for this. And Absolutely. Well, thank you guys. I, I still uh, am proud of you guys for getting this thing started. I know there's a lot of people that enjoy listening, so and myself included. Well, we, we sure appreciate that. I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I keep telling Zach, I'd sure like to get in a better schedule, but life always seems to get in the way of getting in a yeah. schedule with this. So, <laughs> but we do the best that we can. So exactly. Well, now maybe that we got the zoom thing set up, it'll be a little, maybe a little easier where we don't have to worry about going back and forth and driving, you Agreed. know, taking yep. a whole evening to do it where we can just sit down and record one. But, Definitely got some good episodes that we can record lined up. Just like you said, all this crazy stuff going on, you know, yeah. try to do the best that we can with it. Yeah. Maybe one of these episodes we'll, we'll, uh, I'll make it up that way and we'll, we'll go record an episode in the Turkey blind or something. Do something. There you go. Or we got bow fishing right around the corner too. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'd be good too. <laughs> I guess I guess we probably have to shoot the turkey first and then record the episode. That <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't probably be any good. But, <laughs> but anyhow, so all right, guys. Well, um, very good. Um, I guess uh, again, this is uh, this is Kyle Klammer. This is Zach Welch. And Harlan. <laughs> and Harlan. Yep, and this is. Good Life Bow Hunter, the official podcast of the NBA. Very good. All right, guys. Thanks.